One of the hallmarks of Western society is the protection of children. And at CD Media, it's high on our list of priorities. We've been holding events around the country to really make people aware of the level of evil that's coming after our children. And it's a multifaceted attack. Last week, we held an event in Miami, and the stars were aligned as to the panel and how they interacted together. We had uh, a father, Raul, from Mexico City talking about children and the trafficking and the cartels and the kind of a 30,000-foot level evil discussion. We had Dr. Paul Merrick, who really got into the fraud in the medical system, Alana Fishbane from No Left Turn in Education, Kevin Jackson, who rocked the audience uh, with the discussions of uh, basically what, how we have to fight this fight. We had Dr. Chris Cassells, Wayne Black, who's a security specialist, and the Pfizer whistleblower, Brooke Jackson. It was an amazing panel, and we need your help to get this out to the world. We have a live stream available. Go to Miami Independent forward slash event, and you will be able to buy the live stream. It's a few bucks because we still have massive costs for this event. But we need to spread the word, and people don't know what they don't know. So please go to Miami Independent forward slash event and get the live stream. Hold an event at your house. It's 25 bucks. Bring your family. Bring your friends. Awaken them to what is happening to our children. I'm going to show a quick clip here. The pharmaceutical companies, the agencies, the federal government, the industries that support them are not interested in curing patients. Their goal is not to cure patients, it's to sell drugs and make money, even if those drugs or money kill patients. And they will do whatever it takes. As Brooke has told you, it's a truly astonishing thing. The level of fraud that you could actually manipulate and make up data to sell a drug that is harmful. Hi, I'm Christine Dolan, and we are back with American Conversations, but also with the Global Conversation, because we are in interviewing two more of the United Airlines plaintiffs in the case that they have brought against not only the company and the CEO, Scott Kirby, but also the members of the board. And I just want to say welcome to Michelle Miller and Kevin Zorko for coming on the show today. Hi, guys. Thank you. So uh, let's begin with your story. I've interviewed uh, almost half of the plaintiffs in this case. And uh, Michelle, let's start with you because you've worked the longest of the two of you uh, at, at United and you've been on, you were in the ground. So explain what your job was and how many years that you worked at United. 21 years with United. I've worked almost in every department. Um, currently, I'm on the international side of United, uh, check-in, ticketing, troubleshooting, uh, reroutes for trips. So I've done that for the last nine years. And after our religious accommodation was accepted, they moved us into uh, out of bid area, into the phone room, I was a day shift. I had to go completely tonight. So I went from 6.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. to 1 a.m. Strictly in the phone room. So this is, and you only worked among the unvaccinated that were on the staff at the time. I mean, you were sequestered, you know, working together. Yes, we were sequestered. We were put in an abandoned office with no 
window access, no ventilation, and um, we had to bring in our own fans in order to get some circulation there, kept away from other vaccinated employees that were doing the same type of job in another room. And what happened when you took your breaks or took your lunch or dinner breaks? Uh, we were told that we were not allowed to take breaks in the break room with the other employees. So some of us ended up eating in the same room where we were working. Some of us went outside to the curb. Some of us went to open tables in the food court. Uh, we just couldn't be with the other employees in the break room. And, th and this is when this happened to you, this is after working through, you were not put on furlough in 2020. You worked all the way through 2020. You worked up until August 2021, which is when uh, United Airlines had said that, you know, you guys who want to apply for religious exemptions on August 6, 2021, have about six weeks or so to do it at that point in time. Correct. Yes, I've been working all the way through. I was I was not off at all. I was just sequestered to the phone room. All right, Kevin. Let, let let's talk about you. You talk about let the audience know about your your background. Sure. Uh, so not as much time at uh, United Airlines as Michelle. Uh, just about five years now. Uh, my previous background. Uh, I served in the military. Served in the Navy, flying. Uh, for almost 14 years between active duty and reserve, uh, flying deployments overseas. And when I got off active duty, I started a career in the commercial airlines, serving in some regionals before uh, getting to United Airlines and at the end of 2018. Well, first of all, thank you for your service for the country. Um, and, and even though it's been five years uh, for you at United, you also decided to apply. Did you, did you fly? Let me ask the backup on this. Did you fly uh, during 2020? I did not. Uh, you know, I was more than willing to. Uh, but my seniority at the time, since I was more junior, mm -hmm. uh, there wasn't as much flying available with all the shutdowns and restrictions. And at the time, I was on a global fleet flying the 757 and 767. Uh, so with all of the, the border shutdowns and uh, the cancellation of the international travel there just wasn't flying for us uh i did go to do some training right before that or as that was happening i even called them ahead of time said do you really want me to come out there because it looks like everything's shutting down they still had me come out uh you know reset my currency to get ready to fly just in case but uh i sat ready and willing to just you know, there wasn't enough flying now during that period of time which we're calling a furlough um when i've spoken to some of your other colleagues in this case, uh, were you, my understanding is that, that during that 2020 era, for some of you people that were not flying at the time because of seniority or whatever, you did receive uh, your medical insurance, you did receive, you know, your health insurance, you did have your life insurance, you, you're still part of the gang, as I say, correct? Correct. Yeah, we still, in our union as well, we had an agreement uh, with the company and we voted on it. Uh, that the pilots, and it was a tiered approach, taking a pay cut to prevent furloughs for the pilot group so that we could still All maintain right. those benefits. So then moving the calendar forward to August 2021, you also decided to apply for a religious exemption. What happened to you? So uh, leading up, they announced the mandate and you know I had discussions with my wife about it and I really you know, was strongly against taking the shot. And I had talked to our chief pilot when they, they divide uh, all the different pilot groups off 
between the fleets and the different bases. Uh, and they're kind of they're the leadership that you look to for guidance. And I had talked with her about it and she, you know, urged if, you know, I wanted to apply for religious exemption, go ahead. But that they really couldn't accommodate us, even though they knew that they were going through this process, they realized that they weren't going to accommodate us with anything because there's nothing they could do. Because they didn't want to mix the unvaxxed uh, flight crews with the vaxxed flight crews. Is that what she was suggesting at the time? Well, they, they didn't want to mix us together, uh, but then also, you know, typically with an accommodation, they'd say, well, if you can't do that, you know, flying with public facing, uh, that was a lot of, you know, the key term they used as well, the public facing, that they would put you in some kind of a equivalent uh, employment within the company, just another department. But they said since the various departments were unionized, you'd have to apply externally. And since they're requiring the shots in other departments, it just looked like, there's nothing that they're going to do for you. All right. So let's just keep this straight. So the public understands that during this period of time when they're, you know, they're telling people to go ahead and apply for religious exemption, even though they, they may be sequestered afterwards, which is what Michelle, you experienced and Kevin, what you were told by, you know, somebody on your fleet, the, the public could ride on a United flight without being vaccinated. Correct. Correct. And also yes. our uh, regional right. carriers as well that are contracted with United, the, the uh, code share, they have the United paint on the side, but you know, United Express is what you usually see. Mm -hmm. A lot of those other companies weren't required for their pilot or crew either. All right. Did you guys hear at any point in time, and, and uh, Kevin, I understand that you would be covered by the uh, Airline Pilots Association. Michelle, do you have a, what's the name of your union? IAM. I am. All right. So you're the same yes. as the ground crews and the ramp, the guys who work on the ramps yes. and things like that. All right. So were those unions, as far as you guys know, required to get their union colleagues vaccinated at the time that they were representing you before United Airlines or with United Airlines? That I don't know. Kevin? I'm, not sure, I'm not sure about the union reps getting vaccinated, mm -hmm. uh, but I know personally with me and other colleagues of mine, uh, back in 2020, we had reached out to Apple and National talking about a concern that they might eventually lead to a vaccine mandate, which at the time, some representatives told us they couldn't do that. It was illegal. And plus, it'd have to be negotiated with the union reps. And we also, with our, with some of our temporary agreements with the company, they incentivized getting the shot amongst the pilot group uh, within certain time periods in the the money as time went on, the money that they offered you decreased to a certain point. Right. Uh, and they said that they 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 did this to prevent having the shot mandated. And then eventually they just said, oh, well, it looks like they can mandate it. And they just rolled over on us. Well, there are a lot of you know crazy people that try to incentivize. I mean, uh, Governor DeWine of Ohio was the first governor that was out there offering, uh, you know, a, a, a ticket in the lottery if you showed up to get a vaccination. I know that I, I know people who actually offered fifty dollars for kids that are uh, minors in in high school to get vaccinations, and they weren't even their own children. You know, in a community in the eastern shore of Maryland. So. You know, there, there a lot of a lot of craziness happened in 2021, uh, trying to incentivize people to get the shots. So, Michelle, you stayed you stayed there. You experienced uh, discrimination when you when you stayed on the job and you stayed through. Um, let me go back to 2020 when you are facing with the public 
nobody was vaccinated. And was there ever discussion before the announcement for the mandated vaccinations in August of 2021 that if you chose not to get the vaccination, if you were approved for a medical or religious exemption, did the company ever tell you that you would be sequestered? They didn't put it in those terms at all. They just said, if you were public facing, we would find another place for you. And the phone room that we were in didn't exist in that particular way, um, not sequestered the way we were. It was uh, open um, office type policy. People actually bid for that area. So it was kind of news to all of us. I, in the room I was in, there was over a hundred years seniority there. So it seemed like they targeted the most senior people, put, put us all together because we were accommodated and then kept us from everybody else, even the vaccinated employees that were doing the same phone job. And I'm presuming you love working for United because you worked for United for over two decades. Yes. All right, Kevin, so you applied, they put you through the ringer to get your uh, religious exemption, and then they call people back on the, on the flight cruise around March of 2022. Did you decide to go back and work for United and fly for them at that point in time? I did not. Tell us why. Just, you know, there's a lot of motions involved, uh, but given the treatment uh, for the religious exemption process, uh, you know, they, they definitely put me through the ringer. They turned off our, uh, system that we use to apply for the religious exemption. They turned off the notifications and they put a deadline within the, within the message. So there were some people that were fired because they didn't reply in time, but they also had no notification that they had something there. So given all that background, I just, I felt unsure, uh, you know, untrusting about the environment, which they're bringing us back in. Uh, they also had established metrics for COVID nationally uh, with the pilot group, you know, an air crew. They said, we're going to base this off of national averages. And it, at the time, it greatly exceeded it and was going the opposite direction. It was climbing uh, when they said it was supposed to be below a certain number and descending. So it's just there was a lot of uncertainty, a lot of, uh, you know, lack of trust with how they have treated us in the past uh, with the environment they created. And I've got three kids at home, uh, you know, so you know, trying to stay home and, you know, look after my family, take care of them. Uh, just trying to work through with my wife. Uh, you know, fortunately she was able to support us with her income, but, uh, just trying to figure that out is why I hesitated in going back. Uh, and I kind of let others on our uh, litigant group, as well as some others at the company, they kind of led the way in going back. Uh, and I was able to talk to them after the fact. So, you're back with United now and you're flying. Yes. How are you treated? I would say it's, it's very eerie um, in the fact that it's almost like they want you to forget about it. You're, we're still held to the restrictions. I'll get the messages mm -hmm. uh, on our crew communication system that, you know, you have to, you have to make sure that you don't uh, try to get these destinations because these countries require the shot or there's this company imposed restriction for uh, these countries uh, and they'll force you off the plane you're flying on, which can actually you know, cause you to lose income. 
but otherwise they're trying to pretend like it never happened. Uh, occasionally you run into a colleague that might, you know, you know, have a comment to say like, well, you shouldn't still have your job here. You should have left. Uh, now, and that's, that kind of adds to the whole, uh, landscape of it all is I know that they monitor social media and, you know, I would see posts on social media where colleagues would be talking about, you know, if they're not going to get the shot, then maybe, you know, maybe they'll die and won't have to worry about them anymore. Or, you know, saying like they shouldn't be offered a religious exemption. They should be terminated outright so we can all get back to work and move on. And so it's just, it's, it's just this really weird kind of environment that it's just almost like they don't want you talking about it. But they are back at work. So what is their complaint about if you're, if you're back at work too, and they're back at work, what's the complaint? Or is there, is there just no rationale to the, to the anger? There, I have not seen a rationale, um, you know, much more emotion, uh, you know, see, almost like it's, you know, it's tied to, you know, people's ego, uh, than anything else, mm -hmm. but I haven't seen any kind of rationale for it. Michelle, what's your experience? Pretty similar, at least it's consistent on that end. I see that I've known the longest, not wanting to really associate at all um, with me. But then there's a maybe a handful of people that I've known from other areas that, you know, hey, how you doing? Nice to see you. And certainly the younger people that are there now that are getting hired on, they look to me for um, answers to questions job-wise, what they don't understand, don't know. Do you, do you hear among your colleagues that some of them have regrets about getting the shots? Because I've heard from some of the other um, absolutely hear that in your case. At all. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a first officer. Um, so, you know, I fly on the right seat. I'd say about two thirds of the captains, uh, the flights I've been on so far, eventually you kind of, kind of feel each other out for the conversation. If you can have an open conversation about it or not. Uh, and about two thirds of them have regretted that they got the shot and, you know, start sharing information with me that I tried to share a couple of years ago, uh, that got shut down and removed from the posts. Uh, and they, they absolutely regret it. How are your families helping you out? Kevin, your wife was a breadwinner for a while when you were taking care of the children. I mean, how is she doing now with all of this? Because she works in the pharmaceutical industry. Well, um, I would say, you know, it's a little bit providential that I'm going back to earn my income at the same time. Uh, my wife, she spent, you know, almost two decades in the pharmaceutical industry. She just lost her job uh, for not being vaccinated. Uh, even though she was granted a religious exemption, she, you know, she was told they can no longer support her in her role because conferences or other hospitals she might have to go to could require the shot. Uh, and she, she had to be there in person. She could no longer work remotely, even though she had been working remotely for two years uh, during all of this. So she's, she's thankful that I'm earning an income again, but it's, uh, as you can imagine, it's a whole lot of different emotions, especially with yes. young kids. Of course. And Michelle, is your family being supportive? Uh, yeah. My husband and I are um, 
it was it was tough going through this at at night because I wasn't always sure um, I commute, but um, you know worked through it and everything. So I'm I'm thankful for that, and it it is true. It is true that come to make us all forget, and I, it just it wasn't suitable treatment to happen to anyone anywhere. And I take it that's why you guys all decided to throw in your hat and join the lawsuit so that it never happens again and people don't forget. Is that why you absolutely. got involved? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, my, especially I, I share my military background. Uh, it's just kind of, it's always been in me to try and stand up for what's right. Not saying that I'm always right about everything because uh, no person is perfect, but you know, seeing how people were treated and you know, we're sharing our personal stories, the stuff that I've heard from other colleagues and seen in the message boards over the past couple of years, how flight attendants were treated, you know, some of them during their shift, during a flight across the country had to go and sit back in their break in the laboratory, uh, trying to collect themselves and crying. Uh, you know, other colleagues telling them they wish they would drop dead because uh, they didn't get the shot. It's just that absolutely should not happen to anybody. You know, this, the saddest part that I've seen as a, as a journalist covering this for three years is that there's really, there's there's one side that is the truth and the facts about COVID, the origin, the vaccinations, the shots, because of really gene therapy, how much people knew when about the, the, uh, the possible injuries to people and how early on they knew about it and how much they wanted to keep it undercover. But I think the saddest part for the human race is the fact that it brought out either the best in people in terms of moral courage and speaking out or it brought the worst in humanity in terms of lack of tolerance for medical autonomy. And, and, it, and it truly is a, an error that we need to get to the bottom of everything so that it never happens again and people understand what exactly happened here. How do people support you guys in terms of your lawsuit? Do you get, uh, I, we will include it when we release this uh, interview, but do, do either one of you have it uh, handy to, to let the audience know how they can contribute to your lawsuit? Because you guys are going to need need money. This is a big lawsuit, folks. This is a lawsuit taking on a huge corporation that is in bed with the Biden administration. They have government contracts for uh, flying vaccination shots overseas from the U.S., uh, handle when the, the baby formula issue was out there, they got a contract for that. They're moving people coming across the southern border all over the United States, and you know they're they're United United benefited well financially from the U.S. government, but they hurt their their uh, their employees, and they pitted their colleagues one against the other. So this is an important lawsuit, and it's an important. Important lawsuit in the fact that um, these very brave and courageous plaintiffs are suing the board of directors, uh, alleging that they breached their fiduciary responsibility uh, as members of the board. So, Kevin, you want to take it away and let people know how they can contribute? Or, Michelle, do you have that information? Uh, you can contribute on the website, Give, Send, Go, Wings for Liberty and Justice. All right. And when we post this interview, we will be adding that below in the copy. I want to thank you both for coming on. Please come back if you have any retribution from, from United because you gave 
us the interview and you're letting the public know what happened, call your lawyer first, call me second, and we'll do another re-interview. Thank you so much. Thank you. And God bless you on this, on, on this uh, Wings for Liberty and, and Freedom. Thank you. Okay, it's freedom and justice. I always get it liberty wrong. And justice. Liberty and justice. I always get it wrong. But, you know, it's got something to do with liberty and freedom. I know that much. Liberty and justice. God bless you both. Bless you. Thank you.